Are you listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other platform where you can leave a rate or review? Do you like what we're doing? If the answer to all of that is yes, please consider quickly giving us a five-star rate. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a nice review, we greatly appreciate that as well. Okay, let's do this. Hello, welcome to the Ghosts of Howard Hall. My name's Simon. And I'm McKelly. Thank you for joining us for episode 51 of our chapter-by-chapter book review of A Song of Ice and Fire by George Martin. Today, we're discussing chapter 50 of A Game of Thrones. That's Aria 4. As always, we'll chat about the chapter and try not to spoil any future plot points for you. And hopefully, we'll provide you with some entertainment along the way. We will summarize what happened, discuss our thoughts on it, provide some useful background, compare it to the TV show, indulge in a little pedantry, and cover some reader mail. Uh, Be sure to check out the show notes, especially if you're not reading along. They'll provide some extra background that'll help you understand what's going on. How are you? I'm all right. We're starting down the um, starting down the back nine of our first hundred episodes with this one. Uh huh. Fifty one. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm good. I've got exciting news. You do. Which I, I I've been keeping it from McKelly for a while, but I I spoiled it just before we came on air. We got a new dog, uh, and and you all know by now that McKelly's dog is named Penny. Well, my new dog is called Penny too. Um, she came with that? a name. So we both have a dog called Penny. Uh, they're both very cute. I, I, I am very fond of your dog, but I am falling head over heels with this one. She is absolutely wonderful. I have a hunch your Penny will be sweeter than my Penny. <laughs> Just a hunch. Probably Possibly. less of a pain, too. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's been she's been good as gold so far. She She sleeps in a crate and doesn't make a sound during the night. She... Goes out in the backyard easily and comfortably. Walks on a leash Man. without any problems. She's a she's a keeper. She's like the top dependent in your household at the moment. <laughs> not, not stiff competition. <laughs> That's not the only news you have, right? I feel like you've got some other noteworthy yes. news. Yes, this one, this one, this one will come as a surprise to especially my family back home. If any of them listen, they're going to be point. shocked. Good this point. One. Yeah, it will. Uh, uh, last week, I became a U.S. citizen. I, uh, That's me giving her well, a, thank you. some applause. Congratulations. I, uh, yeah, thanks. I was I was going through the process because I wanted to vote in the next election. I mean, I've been here 20 years, so, you know, right. it's kind of about time in some ways. So, yeah, I am I'm now a U.S. citizen, entitled to a passport, and I've already sent in my voter application. So. Wow. Moving things moved quickly. I know. Uh, who knows? I'll be doing jury duty next. I'll be standing for office. That's right. All these things. So yeah. Well, congratulations. But it, but it was so it was a little bit strange because I mean normally what happens is you have an interview and if you pass the interview you're called back for a ceremony at which you like pledge an oath of allegiance to the United States, and um, because of coronavirus they're not doing those ceremonies. I mean they're do, still doing them, but there's no point delaying it because you can't have anyone come to it. It would just be you. So they took me straight from the interview to the oath. And they didn't explain. They just said, go to that room over there. And then they handed me the oath and I read it out. And Boom. it was, uh, it was, I, I would have worn a shirt and tie, but <laughs> I thought it was just the interview. So I was, but, it, but it was very, the whole thing was very high tech. They showed me to a room and there was just a, uh, an iPad sitting there on a desk. And then 
a face came on the iPad and I did the interview remotely with this guy. He was in a different room in a different right, yeah. building. So it was a little bit like a sci-fi movie. You know? <laughs> a little bit like uh, 1984 or something. A little bit. Yeah. Although you, uh, your handwriting was a hindrance a bit, was it not? Yes, that's right. So, so the three tests are you have to do a civics test, which I aced, and you have to do a... Uh, uh, an English test, which maybe he didn't do. I think maybe the English test is implicit in the civics test. If you uh. if you succeed with the civics test, it's proven you can speak English. But you have to do a writing test. And uh, as I don't know if everybody knows, but writing is kind of mine and McKelly's career. Right. Our, yeah. our other career, our, our paying career. <laughs> and um, so I, I joked to the guy, I said, well, this is the one I'll definitely pass because I'm a writer. And it turned out, I didn't realize, but it was actually a handwriting test. And so when I wrote out what he told me to write out, I then had to hold it up to the uh, iPad and he couldn't read it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I didn't realize you needed to be able to read it. I thought you just wanted to see me going through the motions. I can read it. <laughs> read it perfectly clear. I think. All right. So let's get down to business with a quick recap of what Arya was up to last time we saw her. Sounds good. Last time we saw Arya, she had overheard Varys and Illyrio Mopatis plotting in the dungeons below the Red Keep. She then bungled the retelling of what she'd heard to her father, Ned. And since then, she's kept up her dancing lessons with Sirio Forel, fought with her sister Sansa, and accepted the news of her and Sansa's returning to Winterfell much better than Sansa did. All right, McKelly, why don't we give them the summary? Okay. Arya and Sirio Farrell are getting in one final lesson before heading to the ship in the journey back to Winterfell. The two spar with wooden swords, and Sirio catches Arya off guard, telling her the blow is coming from the other side. Sirio then teaches Arya about truly seeing things, and while doing so, Sir Marin Trant of the Kingsguard and five Lannister guards appear in the doorway. The group claim they've come to retrieve Arya on behalf of her father. Sirio questions why Ned would have sent Lannister men instead of his own. Mm-hmm. Arya refuses to go, and they quickly drop the routine. Trant commands the guards to kill Sirio and take Arya. Sirio tells her the lesson is over, and she should run to her father. Sirio then proceeds to take down the five Lannister guards with nothing more than a wooden sword to their steel swords and chainmail armor. Arya, meanwhile, hasn't fled, and she doesn't want to leave Sirio. She thinks she's never seen a man move as fast as Sirio. His sword is no more than a blur, and he beats the men with it. However, as Sir Marin steps up for his turn against Sirio, she sees clearly that this will be a different fight. Trant wears full plate armor, leaving nothing for Sirio to attack with his wooden sword. Arya begs Sirio to run, but he refuses. When Trant's sword smashes Sirio's wood sword to splinters, Arya turns and runs. She winds her way through the kitchens and shimmies through a window. She discovers dead Stark men all around the Tower of the Hand. And there are more bodies in the stable. While there, Arya finds a crate of her belongings. She digs through it for Needle, and while doing so, a voice behind her calls out, There she is! Arya asks the stable boy, who is the one who shouted out there she is, to help her saddle a horse that her father has handed a king and will reward him. He says her father's dead and that it's the queen who will be rewarding him. He grabs her right as her fingers close around Needle, and she turns and thrusts the sword right through him. He falls dead. She realizes the gates to the Red Keep will all be closed, so the horse will do her no good. Then she recalls another way out of the castle, past the monsters in the dungeons, if she can find them again. 
After a terrifying walk across the open yard surrounded by gold cloaks keeping watch overhead, she tries to retrace her steps to the dragon skull room but gets lost. She grabbed a couple of candles but braves the terrifying darkness reminding herself of one of Sirio's lessons that fear cuts deeper than swords. She recalls when John and Rob played a cruel trick in the Winterfell crypts on the rest of their siblings, dressing as a ghost and scaring the daylights out of them. The memory of their laughter makes her smile and armors her against the fears. Her plan is now to escape the castle and make her way back home to Winterfell alone. That's some plan for a nine-year-old. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Oh, poor Arya. And and now, of course, she believes that her father is dead. I mean, if... Right. You know, which is which is yeah i guess when we get to that part i'm curious how how much trust we can put into the stable boy if he's just hearing yeah presumably the stable boy wasn't in the throne room right (laughs) (laughs) but he may be reporting rumor that did come from the throne room so yeah exactly anyway so so um so going back to the dancing lesson Sirio is calling out where he's going to attack Arya, you know, high, low, left, right. Um, and then he tricks her by saying left and clobbering her on the right side, which seems like a, I mean, A, a cruel trick, but B, in a real fight, they're not going to be giving you the clues. You know, you've is, got to watch. Yeah, that is what Sirio says when she says, but you lied. And uh, he said, well, yeah, but in a real fight, they're not going to be doing that. But he also said that only his words lied, his arm and his... I don't know, his body motions told the truth. And so he explains to her, he sets her down, says it's time for listening now, and he explains the difference between watching versus seeing. And and he, he says that the heart lies, the head plays tricks, but the eyes see true. Yeah, so to, to illustrate this, he talks about how he became first sword of Bravos. The sea lord of Bravos brought in the uh, the prospective candidates and told them that the cat on his lap was a... a exotic cat from faraway lands and special breed and everybody blew smoke and said oh yes i see it it is a special cat and cereal forel said i see cats like that all over the place it's just a regular alley cat and sure enough it was and the sea lord was like yes you see you see the true the truth and this is a lesson that he's passing on to Arya. and that's how he became the first sword of the sea lord of bravos but you know that got me really curious about um cereal I'd really like to know more about his backstory. Like, why is he, first of all, why is he no longer first sword to the Sea Lord? I wondered, I couldn't find it anywhere, whether that's a a lifelong position like most, uh, to this point, no uh, Lord Commander of the Kingsguard has ever been dismissed. It's like either you die (laughs) or you keep serving as the role. I wonder if that, you know, obviously that's not the case for the first sword but i wonder why he's no longer the first sword he got too old or something well, coming, coming back to that has is that true that no no new king has ever said i don't trust these kings god i want a new crop not to my knowledge none have ever oh, been dismissed i i you know i'm no expert on the lord commander yeah. of the king's guards but I, I, I would i would have thought that that would have happened I would have thought that, you know, especially because, you know, let's say this Kingsguard have all been together for a long time and they're all ancient. <laughs> a young king might come along and go, you know what, <laughs> right. let's, let's, let's roll the dice here on some new blood. Yeah, I had that same thought when I was trying to find a a Lord Commander who had been removed for uh, no longer being able to keep up with things. 
one idea for um, Serial, perhaps the Sea Lord died in the same way that in the oh. same way that you might, as a king's guard, lose your job when the king transitions to a new king. Yeah. Similarly, he might. Uh, Good point. I I don't know the Sea Lord of Bravos very well. He's not a major character in the story, so. Right. I also wondered what you know. I would love to know how he ended up in King's Landing. Why he's in King's Landing? Obviously, it's not to seek fame and fortune with his sword because he wasn't in the tournament, the hands tournament earlier. There was no mention of Sirio. Well, maybe he was, and we just didn't hear about him. But anyway, I would love to feels know like more he, about. Feels his like backstory. he would have done pro- quite well had he been there. You would think so. Although I, I like comes up here when he fights Sir Marin Trant. I wonder. Well, we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, the other thing that I was going to say about that was um, maybe it, your position becomes untenable when you lose your job as for sword. Maybe it's kind of like you can't really show your face in Bravos anymore as a form oh, of for yeah. sword. Oh, yeah. Could be. Yeah. Why King's Landing? I don't know, but that might be. Uh... Yeah. If any of our listeners know. Right yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us. We'll put it out there. Do our job for us. <laughs> <laughs> so while they're having this little lesson here and truly seeing with your eyes, the door bursts open and Sir Marin Trant of Kingsguard and five Lannister guards come bustling into the room. And Arya, upon seeing Sir Marin, rem- remembers that he was one of the Kingsguard that came to Winterfell when King Robert made his journey to Winterfell. Yeah, and he, he, Trant claims that her father wants to see Arya, so she steps forward. But uh, Sirio is kind of wise to this, and he wonders why Ned would send Lannisters. Yeah, he's uh, doing that old seeing with the eyes thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Trant orders the five uh, men to rush him, and uh, he, despite only carrying a wooden stick, he manages to... Uh, beat the living daylights out of all five of them. Yeah, without even being touched. He's, yeah. He, yeah. Some serious Chuck Norris moves there, I feel like. Yeah. And yeah. Arya mentions that his sword moves like a like a blur. Mm-hmm. But uh, apparently taking on five of these common Lannister guards is a is not quite the same as one Sir Marin Trant because uh, yeah. that, had a, that fight had a different look to it. And a lot of it was because of his armor. He was in full plate armor. And uh, he yeah. he tells Arya to run, and she doesn't want to run. And she, But then he, she also, while she's watching the fight, remembers that he's taught, he was just teaching her about seeing truly. So she, she truly looks at the situation, and she notices that he's in full armor, and he's got a long sword, and all Sirio has is a vest and a stick. And... Yeah. She feels like he can't win this and kind of starts to panic. But it reminded me kind of of the Braun Servardus Egan situation. Now Braun did have uh, yeah. some chainmail oh, shirt on, you know. Yeah. yeah. And and a sword with which you could pierce someone. Right, and that's that was actually where I was just going a, a few minutes ago when we were talking about um whether Syria would have handled himself well. I wondered or handled himself well in the uh, tournament, the hands tourney earlier. And I wondered why Arya mentions how fast he is. And you have to imagine that Sir Marin is fairly slow in this full plate armor. So you'd think that 
Serial might have time to pick up one of the fallen Lannister's swords. And yes. even the fight up yes. a little bit. Yes, because you're right. Once he has a sword in his hand, this is no longer that much of a unfair fight. Right. Exactly. It evens it up a lot. And there's five swords now laying on the ground. You'd think he'd be able to get to one of them. He could pick up two. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but this is, now, now, I was thinking more about it. Clearly, Sir Marin is a member of the Kingsguard, so he's he's probably a pretty good fighter. Maybe he's better than Sir Vardis Egan was. And Sirio's older than Braun, but he did just dispatch five people at the, coming at him at the same time with a wood sword without even being touched. So I just felt Yeah, like, yeah. But we don't know. I mean, we don't know because Arya's about to turn and run here. So maybe he did survive. We, we've not found out yet one way or the other. That's true. That's true. I mean, it didn't look good. I mean, short of running away, it feels like he was going to eventually get yeah. decapitated. I wondered if maybe he isn't used to using a longsword because he's... You know, he's Bravosi, so he's used to using a Bravo's blade, the slender thrusting blade versus the longsword chopping yeah. kind of blade. Yeah, but still, I mean, you'd think his skills would transfer. Although, I mean, he is. It's like asking an Olympic fencer to pick up a broadsword and just get into it. It's <laughs> right. unlikely that their skills are going to transfer very much. That's a good analogy. Yeah, yeah one thing I was going to say about this, I, I think I, for you, for you, our listeners who are not reading the book, um, you won't have noticed this, but this whole scene took too long. I agree. I think some of it is we want to see Sirio being so cool and badass, but uh, Arya should have run. Yeah. Sirio tells her to run instantly. As soon as he recognizes the situation, he says, you run. And she doesn't. She watches the whole first half of the fight between him and the five Lannisters. She, while she's watching that, the odds were he was going to lose that fight despite his skills. Right. And then she would have been three feet away from those Lannister men. Yeah. Now, as it happened, he got through the first half of the fight and was able to tell her again, you really should run. Yes. I'm not going to win this one. But, yeah, I, it just felt like the whole thing took too long and I wanted her to get out of there quicker. And I, I think one of the things that made me think about was the fact that we're all, all these chapters are point of view chapters. And so... She had to stick around to witness this fight. We couldn't have seen the fight without her. Yeah. Unless Serial was a point of view character. Yeah, that's a and good point. Perhaps he wasn't. He Perhaps he was always destined to die in this chapter. And so we couldn't really have him as a point of view character. You're right. It is a, it is a downside of the point of view situation. Because we don't get the information if that point of view character isn't there to yeah, witness yeah. it. Yeah, and if nothing else. Even if he won the first half of the fight. She would have been twice as far away by the time that Trent defeated for her. Yeah, right. But as it is, she begs uh, she begs Sirio to come with her and he says the first sword of Bravos doesn't run. And I get it. I mean, this is all happening very fast. And But if these guys are in the Tower of the Hand here to take Arya, then there's a good chance that Ned is at best been taken captive, if not dead, or holed up in a place surrounded by Lannister guards. So, uh, not running due to, I guess, I mean, the way he said it seemed a bit like pride, like the first sword of Bravos doesn't run, I can't run. But it puts Arya at risk of being left alone with no adult if he doesn't run with her. You'd think he, Sir Marin is fully 
in full plate armor, so that, you'd think uh, they'd be able to yeah. run faster than him, you know? Th- that's a good point. Yeah, it's given given that he's not the five Lannisters out, they could have run at that point, both of them. Yeah, Just exactly. flee and see how quick Meryn Trant can run. <laughs> in all that armor, right? Yeah, yeah, right. good point. So I just, uh, I felt like she, he was... He was leaving her with no known adult to run to. We don't know that, well, we have a pretty good suspicion she can't run to Ned, as we saw Ned last time. Yeah. Now, he doesn't know that, but if you put the facts together, these guys are in the Tower of the Hand. It's a good chance she's not going to be able to get to her dad. So he's leaving her adultless. But but of course, course for, for them, not knowing where Ned is, this all might be the very first step in the anti Stark uprising yeah, yeah you know what i mean they might have sent one batch to get Arya, one batch to get sansa and another batch to go to you know besiege ned so going to ned actually might be the right thing you're right we know that he's not there and she's got no one no friendly face to run to basically yeah just felt like a bit of a gamble telling her to run to her father when they're already in the tower of the hand yeah but she does run uh sobbing at what she assumes is Sirio's death. Um, she bowls over some unsuspecting kitchen staff and makes her way outside. Uh, she keeps thinking about all the things that Sirio's taught her, the sort of swift as a deer, the, you know. Yeah, quick as a snake, strong as a bear, quiet as a shadow, I think. Yes. We'll be right back. Hello, friends. Are you ready to make some unforgettable memories? Well, if so, consider the Marriott Bonvoy program. Discover the perfect destination for your summer getaway and unlock exclusive deals on luxurious accommodations. With our affiliate partnership, you'll enjoy unbeatable savings and a seamless booking experience. Don't let summer slip away. Visit Marriott Bonvoy today and make this vacation season one for the books. Use our Ghosts of Heron Hall affiliate page to check it all out and buy Bonvoy points or give some as a gift. The link to our page is in the show notes. And keep, she keeps coming back to the fear cuts deeper than swords. Yeah. Which yeah. is only partly true. <laughs> swords cut. <laughs> swords could cut pretty Stop. deep, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she sees dead Stark men all around and the door to the Tower of the Hand smashed open. So she knows that uh, there's no safety for her inside there. Yeah. And at that moment, she worries about her father. And, and then she recalls the conversation between Illyrio and... And Lord Varys down in the dungeons when Illyrio said, if one hand can die, why not another? And uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, out, out when she's out there, it's kind of a apocalyptic scene type. The, the castle's deserted. She hears distant fighting and screaming. And she realizes she can't get to wherever her father, she doesn't even know where her father is. She can't get to him. So yeah. she uh, she just kind of takes, just kind of keeps moving. But she does one yeah. kind of smart heads up move. She's she's making her way somewhere. Well, it turns out she's making her way to the uh, stables, but we don't know that at the moment. But she sees twelve gold cloaks approaching, and rather than I mean, they're the police force of King's Landing. You would think they she would say, "I need your help. I'm Arya Stark, daughter of the uh, hand of the king. Help! They're attacking us." But she makes a, a smart calculation and realizes. I don't know which side they're on, and hides from them instead. Yeah, I think I think Sansa would have done exactly what you just said. 
Yeah. I think Arya has known for some time that the only people to trust are Stark people. Yeah. Nobody else is worthy of her trust here. Ned told her that in her room, that one chapter when uh, she showed him Ned. <laughs> showed him Ned. Showed him Needle. It'd be funny if she called her sword her father's name. <laughs> so she finds Hullen, who's the master of horse at Winterfell, and with his dying breath, he tells her that uh, calls her Arya underfoot and tells her to find her father and warn him. So he too doesn't know what's gone on already. So yeah, she she's not getting any useful information really. No, but then she she makes it into the stables, and she sees even more dead Starkmen there. And what at that part it reminded me of Renly's comment to Ned when he said the Lannisters are not going to show mercy. Yeah, but I was thinking. If we're we're pretty sure they already have Ned, I mean, it would have taken quite the uh, effort to get out of the situation we last saw him in. So, like, they're just cleaning house of all the Stark guards. I mean, I I don't imagine that they're going to put up much of a resistance at this point. There's not that many of them left in the first place. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe the the thought is that if you just leave them, I mean, because you could just say we've got Ned Stark. We're done here. And yeah. then the Stark men would wander around sort of lost for a while, not knowing what to do. But 50 armed Stark men in King's Landing could become the focal point of a uprising against the Lannisters. They could draw more swords to them. Yeah. I don't even know that there were 50. Because because she sees... So one of the people she sees dead in the stables is a, a man named Desmond. And she remembers Desmond back at the very end of Arya 3, which is the Arya, the chapter where she was in the dungeons overhearing Illyrio and Varys. And she bungles telling her dad and then Yorin comes in and her dad sends her away. The The guy that was taking her back to her room was Desmond. And she was worried and she said to him, how many guards does father have? And he said about 50 and uh, that was compared to hundreds of Lannister guards. And he said to her, don't worry, every northern sword is worth 10 of these southern swords. So if he had 50 at that point and he just sent 20 of them away with Sir Beric Dondarrion, yeah. then he's only got at most like 30 guards. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, and Arya feels betrayed by Desmond because what he said is clearly not true. There are, There are many more Stark dead than there are Lannister dead. Yeah, and she kicks him because there's only one Lannister guard body and there's like uh, four or five dead Stark bodies. And she says, you lied. Yeah, I, I, it's certainly, the thing that struck me as cruel, and, and, and maybe I'm sort of conflating with the, with the show here, but to kill the non-military Starks just seems like a waste of time. Right, like I mean, Holland. He's a master of horse. Holland, he yeah, probably didn't even have a sword a on job. him. Yeah, exactly. He could, you could give him a job as a, you know, he could work as a blacksmith somewhere. Yeah. You could even, you know, arrest him and wait for Yorin to take, you know, take him back to Castle Black or something, you know? True, true, yeah. I'd have to kill him. Yeah. But that that they killed the military, the, the, the soldiers, the Stark soldiers, is absolutely no surprise. And Renly was always right in thinking that. Yeah, yeah. So her next idea is to saddle a horse and ride back to Winterfell. She finds a trunk dropped on the uh, floor, which is hers, and she digs through it to where she knows Needle is, and uh, 
she finds it from behind she hears the words there she is that's when uh, she turns and she sees the the stable boy and she asks him i think this was mentioned in the summary actually she asks him to help her saddle a horse for her and that her father is the hand of the king and that he will pay her pay him for his help and that's when he says your father's dead is the queen that will pay me and for bringing you in yeah 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 and that's what i was wondering <laughs> can we believe this stable boy i mean can't put it past them to have killed ned we don't know for sure yeah i mean again in the same way that Sirio might be for it because he wasn't a point of view character you'd like to hope that ned is being a point of view character is safe from this kind of thing so early in the book right 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 yeah, it'd definitely be a rash move, even for Cersei. I mean, killing Ned will absolutely bring the whole North down on them. Plus, likely River Run, they're already set to fight the Lannisters. It seems like Casterly Rock was amassing the numbers. We had did we had done the math before, and that uh, things add up. They seem to add up on the Lannisters' side if you take the whole realm into consideration. But it's still going to be a bloody war if they yeah, uh, were to yeah. I mean, not not to spoil, but I, I, I think you're right. I think rash as Cersei maybe is, I think she can see a better outcome here. The best outcome is Ned admits, you know, that Ned feels the threat to his family, particularly to his daughters. I think that's why Merrin Trant was sent for Arya. Yeah. And f- to protect them, he does what Cersei wants. And what Cersei wants will be to declare that Joffrey is king and to, you know, swear fealty. Right. And, hey, it's not a great outcome because Joffrey's a horrible person. But if you get to go back to being Lord of Winterfell... Right. Yeah. And your daughters are safe. You can see why he might take it, even though he's Ned. Yeah. Definitely a better play for Cersei, in my opinion, than... Uh... Killing him killing right him. now yeah. and yeah, yeah. causing yeah. a big war. Yeah, yeah. But the they call him a stable boy. I don't know how old he is, but the stable boy grabs her and she forgets all of the training that Sirio had taught her thus far. The only instructions that she remembers is the one John gave her when he gave her needle, which was sticking with the pointy end. So she takes needle and runs it through him. And uh, to to be fair. Sirio didn't really prepare her for just point, you know, killing unarmed boys. Right. Yeah. So he probably didn't cover that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. John's advice was perfect for this <laughs> scenario, in fact. Exactly. Yeah, you can imagine. I mean, when you're thrown, regardless of how much training you get about something, when you're thrown into the mix for the first time, your basic fight or flight instincts just kick in until you yeah. learn to control them, you know? We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Audible. To get a free audiobook or two if you're an Amazon Prime member, go to our exclusive URL, audibletrial.com slash ghostsherrenhall. You can find the link in our show notes. Yeah, I remember uh, it's always it's always hard for me now to read stories or watch movies where a child is put in this kind of peril, this kind of situation. Yeah. I find it clutches my heart in a way that it didn't when I wasn't a parent. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember watching a movie called a city of God, I think, which is set in a Brazilian sort of, uh, favela. And 
a lot of the kids are orphans and they're sort of like are in real peril the whole time and there's lots of gangsters and drug problems around them and oh man i found that movie so hard to watch because yeah. every one of those snot-nosed kids look like my son you know <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it's really you know once you're a parent yeah it's hard to watch something like that and not yeah. not see your own kids or just the the innocence of kids in general yeah so i'm really hoping that that uh stable boy just deserved it he was really horrible to the horses and just asking for it that's right <laughs> well he, he was being pretty horrible to to aria i mean he was he was laughing in her face that her father was dead and threatening to sell her to the queen so yeah true I, I mean what choice i guess she could have put the sword under his chin or something and said yeah run yeah. away now but yeah. she just you know she just reacted and that's how things worked yeah. out so in the sort of like moment of rationality after killing the child, she recognizes the fact she can't really go by horse. The gates out of the city are going to be closed. Um, but it occurs to her that she, uniquely amongst the Stark uh, team, knows a way out that doesn't involve any of the gates. Yep. She, when she went down the, into the cellars, she came out outside the gates and had to w- w- work her way back into the keep. So if she can retrace those steps, she can get out. Yeah, but in order to do that, she has to walk across the open yard, which is just covered with gold cloaks, kind of up on the ramparts, looking out and uh, keeping an eye on things. And so she's terrified to walk across it, but she does. She gets across it, and eventually she makes her way down into the dungeons. I gotta say, just thinking back on that, there must be some ordinary castle life going on. Right. I mean, there must be servants and, you know, people who work there going about their normal business. This is why I think it's so weird that the sort of the the non-military Stark people got killed. Because do they stand out? Right. (laughs) They all have pointy hair or something. (laughs) They got that northern look about them. Yeah, yeah. I they, guess I get. I, I I understand that she was terrified. I just wonder if like they would look down, see a child walking across the thing, and not think anything of it. Absolutely, because yeah. I'm sure not all the gold cloaks have been told look out for nine year old Arya Stark. She's the key to this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she bowled over half the kitchen staff on her uh, way out of the Tower of the Hand, and those folks are just doing their job. So. Right, exactly, yeah. And presumably the Lannisters, if they were running after her, they would have killed those people. Right. <laughs> Assuming stand that they were somehow the enemy. Yeah, Yeah. she refers to it as uh, one of the most terrifying moments of her life, which is a rather short life, but uh, walking across that yard. Well, hopefully short so far. Right, yes, exactly. And this is a, so she makes it down into the dungeons with the candles this time. Last time she didn't have the candles, she didn't have that benefit. And she realizes that the monsters she saw down there were actually the dragon skulls. So it's the first time she realizes that they were dragons. So she is she's not she's trying to preserve the candles. So she is wandering down in the dark as much as possible. Uh, she's recounting Cyril Farrell's words about fear cutting deeper than swords. Uh, that's helping to a certain extent. But then she remembers um, going into the crypts at Winterfell with Rob taking all of Rob, Rob took all of his younger siblings down into the crypts of Winterfell to show them, charmingly, where they will be buried later. Isn't that sweet? Which, you don't need to play a trick at this point. The story itself is terrifying enough. 
Seriously. But play a trick they do, because when they get down there, uh, John jumps out, covered in flour, so he looks like a ghost, and scares the daylights out of all of them. Sansa runs away. Uh, Arya punches John on the nose. <laughs> and Bran cries uh, t- real tears while clutching onto Rob's leg, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, but then they all start to laugh, except for Sansa, because she, she took off. So. No, a little longer there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone who stayed eventually found the humor in it. And, uh... <laughs> Man, I would never have forgiven them. Never. My brother, I, I told you this before, my brother was very gymnastic when he was little. He's, 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 he, he was small as a kid, and yeah. so he was, he, he was very light. And he could, in a door frame, so if with an open door, he could just put his hands and feet on the door and then just it hitch his way all the way up to the ceiling. Wow. And he could hide. So you you would walk <laughs> through the door and he would drop on you. And he would just And I still haven't forgiven him because he scared me sometimes so bad. Oh, that's funny. Good and story. that's not as bad as what Rob did. Rob, <laughs> Rob Stark did is worse. Because I mean, just just having your grave there. Right, that's I mean, enough. Six years old. I mean, that's like, I don't need to see this. Now, I have to say that although uh, Rickon was not mentioned in this story, it's legit because he was not actually born yet. So they, did, okay. they didn't forget <laughs> Rickon this time. There was no grave for Rickon. Right. <laughs> like, he was like, yes, good. But I, I think there's interesting parallels to the way those kids are now as well in that story. So Rob, Rob is, we've, we've said this before, Rob's just a little bit reckless. Yeah. And that is a little bit reckless because that is a mean thing to do to little children. Absolutely. I, uh, I considered myself a, a rather meanish older brother, especially to my younger brother. And I don't even think I would have done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, John, his dire wolf is called Ghost. Right, uh, yeah. And he's, he is the odd one out. Right. Uh, Sansa flees and leaves the other to, her, to their fate. That's pure Sansa right That there. is, yeah, yeah. Uh, Arya... Punches him in the nose. I mean, that's that's pure Arya, right? There. Yep. <laughs> You've come to scare me to death. Well, take that. And Bran is a little bit helpless. I mean, he was only little at the right. time. I think he was like three now or he's four for a different reason. But uh, and, and Rickon and wasn't present. Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thinking of this memory helps Arya. She's not scared of the dark anymore. Um, she was seeing visions of the of the dying stable boy, and she she knows he's dead. But she thinks, well, if he jumps out at me again, I'll just kill him again. You know, if, uh, yep. if she pulls if he pulls a John on me, I'll uh, that, that's stick such him with an, the pointy end one more time. That's such an Arya statement to make. You know, I, I, he's not going to jump out because I've already killed him. And if he does jump out, I'll kill him again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's headed to to Winterfell. That's her plan. So, um, so has she given up completely on Sansa and her dad? I mean, maybe, maybe she's thinking, I, Arya is a certain kind of person, and maybe what she thinks is, we need to all go our separate ways here. We need to fend for ourselves. We'll, I'll see the two of them back in Winterfell because they'll do the same thing as me. Oh, interesting. They'll find a way out of this castle, and they will get back to Winterfell too. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that could. She be. is overestimating at least Sansa. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that that feels like a safe bet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was just wondering too about whether, I mean, if she's headed back to Winterfell, she really is like, okay, either they're dead, or I'm not gonna 
I'm not gonna be able to track him down. So I'm just gonna make my way back yeah, home. I mean, yeah, I mean she's in an awful situation, but it's it's actually a pretty good strategy, I think, because yeah. it takes her away from this hotbed of people who hate her. Yeah, people who will use her. It's a long road between it Winterfell and King's Landing, and uh, we've seen Cat really struggle making it uh, very far without trouble. So, yeah, be interesting if nine-year-old Arya can do it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully she will find some friends along the way. And uh, by the way, you'll see in news and notes that we are allowed to say interesting from time to time. Oh yeah, <laughs> new policy. That's right. <laughs> All right, what do you got background-wise? So background was a little thin this uh, this particular yeah, chapter because it was just Arya in a stable boy. Basically. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot going on. So since this chapter takes place in the Tower of the Hand, I thought I'd enthrall you with the story from the construction of the Tower of the Hand, and it focuses on Lord Lucas Haraway, the Lord of Harrenhal during the reigns of King Aenys the First Targaryen and Maegor the Cruel. So in thirty nine A.C. Lucas's daughter, Lady Alice, was to wed then-Prince Magor on Dragonstone. Magor was still married to his first wife, Cerise Hightower, but took Alice as a wife, as he believed Cerise to be barren. In 43 AC, a year after Magor claimed the Iron Throne, Lucas became Magor's Hand of the King. And Lucas also fought on Magor's side in the battle beneath the god's eye, and even governed the realm for a bit while Magor was focused on the completion of the, the Red Keep here. Megor was having major issues conceiving an heir, and that proved problematic for Lucas's family. In 44 AC, Alice delivered a stillborn and monstrously deformed baby, and Megor's third wife, Queen Teyana of the Tower, convinced Megor that the baby wasn't his. Rather, Lucas had helped his daughter conceive a son for the king by sending men of proven fertility to her chambers. Teyana even provided the names of those fertile men. Magor, ever the misunderstood, then executed every Haraway that he could find in King's Landing, Harrenhal, and Lord Haraway's town. Now here's where we get to the construction of the Tower of the Hand. All that way to get back to the construction of the Tower of the Hand. While inspecting the Tower of the Hand's construction, as Hand of the King might do, Lucas was thrown from the tower's roof by the Knights of the King's Guard. That's a fascinating story. Yeah, I thought so. And it actually, it feels like he got away kind of lightly. I mean, obviously, he didn't do any of the things he was accused of. But, but if Magor, if Magor misunderstood because of what Tiana was telling him, <laughs> you might think if he was genuinely cruel, he might come up with a meaner punishment for Lucas than yeah. throwing him off the that, tower. Yeah, yeah. It's actually kind of gentle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, gentle till he hit the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gift of flight! No! <laughs> uh, well, there you go. I, I still think he's slightly misunderstood. I mean, he's not the nicest. Cruel he is, but definitely misunderstood. So, um, I wanted to mention the crypts of Winterfell. I only have a little bit on this, but um, traditionally, only lords of Winterfell get the statue. All the Stark clan can be buried there, but only uh, the lords get statues with their swords across their hands. Okay, uh, yeah. But Ned made an exception for Brandon and Lyanna, so both of them got a statue, even though that's not traditional. See? He's just a softy, that Ned. 
He is. See, He's well, always breaking rules. When we were talking during the 50th special about the difference between Ned and uh, Stannis, it's the softiness. It's. It, yes. I don't think that, that Stannis would have bent the rules and given uh, statues to his brothers if they... Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. No way. And I don't think if they had, if Stannis had been in the woods with Shireen and they had come across a baby stag, which would be a fawn, I guess, uh, that he would have let her keep it like, uh, like Ned let the kids keep the dire wolves. <laughs> finally saw where you were going with that. Yes, I hear what you're saying. I hear what so you're saying. that's the difference. Fact, Ned's just got a sweetness to him. Yeah, yeah. So Stannis is now sort of like head of the Baratheon clan. So if the Baratheons had a similar thing to the Starks, you know, where the head of the clan gets something that, you know, gets a statue, whereas everybody else doesn't. So now Stannis is eligible. I think his statue should be him like gnawing on a rat. (laughs) (laughs) And I think he would like that. I think he would be like, yeah, that was me. uh, I survived the siege. (laughs) Or maybe like gnawing on a boot. Like shoe leather. Yes, that's right. The shoe leather one, yes. <laughs> and uh, real quick, House Trant, because Sir Marin Trant was uh, featured in this chapter. House Trant's seat is in Gray in the Stormlands, so they owe their fealty to House Baratheon. In fact, they're one of the principal houses sworn to the Baratheons, and their words are, so end our foes, and they blazon their shields with a hangman on a blue background. So, a little bit morbid. Yeah, there have been worse. I think House Bolton's is worse. That's true. Yeah. House Bolton's might be worse. Yeah, we'll get to House Bolton one day. Um, so, comparison with the television show, everything in the first part of the chapter is very close. Uh, we see uh, Arya's dancing lesson, even Sirio's trick where he tells her one way and goes the other. Sirio uh, beating up the five Lannisters is very nicely done. He okay. uses every. Every trick in the book, sort of like pulling their cloaks and making them hit each other and all kinds of stuff. Exactly. Like Three Stooges style. <laughs> Poke them in the eye. Uh, she she does indeed find Needle the way it was described and kills the stable boy. But pretty much after that, her part in the show peters out. We see her going back into the building and then heading downstairs, but okay. we don't follow her, so we don't really see what now, she's thinking. I haven't watched the show in a while, but am I remembering correctly that in the show, Sirio has a big, full head of hair? Yes, he's not bald. He is he has curly hair. I yes. thought so. They specifically, but in the book, he's bald. Yeah, right? they specifically, in this chapter, refer to him as a bald bastard. And, uh, That's he right. breaks yes, one of the yes. Lannister guard's hands, I think, is what he says it. Yeah. So pedantry, you, you, you touched on one earlier. Yeah, I just... Uh, maybe he did. Arya took off before the fight was over. Maybe he did pick up a fallen Lannister guard sword, but it just seemed like that might be the thing to do. Yeah, yeah. The the, the other one I've got actually is is one that uh, I just reminded myself of as we came as we went through the the crypts at Winterfell. There was something said which stuck in my mind. <sighs> Rob seemed to suggest that. The further, the deeper into the crypt, the older the um, the people were, the, the more ancient the tombs were. But I, I'd be a little bit surprised if that's the way it worked. I mean, wouldn't you, like, yeah. bury them 
first one closest and then sort of further and further away. Yes. I mean, it's, it's a very progressive, very long, you know, taking the long game to say, let's dig this like a hundred times as deep as we need to and start filling up from the back. Because <laughs> 3,000 years from now, they're going to be grateful that we did this. It's going to be real easy on them. <laughs> exactly. Really? We're going to toil. But you know what? That's because they will be soft children of summer compared to us. That's right. You know, that is a really good point. I think Ned does mention when he and Robert are in the crypts something about that. But I can't remember which way, it, which how he describes it. I'll, I'll retract next week if I've if I've got this wrong, but I'm pretty sure there was something that said the more recent ones are nearer to the exit, and it's like that's not how it would be. That is a really forward thinking uh, king of yeah. winter. Yeah, exactly. I say okay. So news and notes. You've got a big one today. I do. We've got our first giveaway. How about that? How fancy are we? We're doing a giveaway. We've got a. I know. John Snow Funko Pop number sixty one. I'm sorry, we have a what? <laughs> a John Snow Funko Pop. It's a figurine. It's, okay, it's got like a bigger uh, head type thing. And uh, okay, we're going to be giving that away to a lucky listener. Woohoo! How do you enter? You ask. Well, I'm about to tell you. To enter, all you have to do is take a screen cap of a rating or review, preferably both that you've done for this little podcast of ours and email it to us at ghost.heronhall at gmail.com. And we'll be uh, picking randomly from the emails. Um, I know I know some of you are going to say, I can't do a review. I'm on Spotify and Spotify is stupid. They don't allow reviews. So I know that that's a problem. But if you can't do it on Spotify, which I know you can't do it, there are some options built into other podcatchers. So you could go to podchaser.com and leave us a review there. Everyone can, anyone can do that. Or some of the podcatchers, such as uh, I use Podcast Addict, that um, that has a review option. And Stitcher, you can leave a review on Stitcher if you do it through the website. So okay. there you go. Get really on. good. Really good. And we've got some pretty cool um, reviews from our, um, our, our favor that we asked our fans uh, for in week 50. I mean, episode 50, okay. we've gotten some. Some Great. nice reviews from those folks. So just take a screen cap of that, send it in, and, and you're done. Yeah, you don't have to do it twice. Yeah, once yeah. And, and that accounts for if you've already done a review, like that, not just for the ones in the past week or so. Like if you've already done a review, just take a screen cap of it and send us in. So we had a really great exchange with uh, listener Josh on Facebook. He's uh, listening to us inspired him to reread the whole series. He's raced ahead of us again. Um, he's now on Storm of Swords, uh, but he listens faithfully every week. So thank you, Josh. Thank you. Um, he appreciates how we don't give away future plot points and uh, that we try to speculate like we don't know what's coming. That's easier for some of us than others. Yeah, shush now. <laughs> <laughs> and he even said that your analysis of the chapters never ceases to explore the plot in insightful ways that have not occurred to me when I'm reading one. Thank you, Josh. Wow, that means a I lot, actually. You... That's really good to hear. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm sure you did, Josh. You just, you're just not thinking about it as hard as we are, for as long as we are. If you read every chapter five times in a week, you might come up with some creative things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so George Martin's going to jail, you said? George Martin is headed to jail. Do tell. He's not really. Uh, on uh, May 21st of 2019, he said, If I don't have Winds of Winter in hand when I arrive in New Zealand for Worldcon... 
you have my formal written permission to imprison me in a small cabin on White Island. Worldcon is, is being done virtually this year, but it uh, started on July 29th. So. Perhaps he'll say that he has to be imprisoned virtually then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? No can do. So a um, couple of uh, pieces of mail that we got as well. Um, my brother Rob made us both laugh when he said that he thought he thought there was nothing more middle class American than two white guys discussing Game of Thrones in a podcast until he listened to chapter 40 uh, episode 49's boat talk (laughs) (laughs) did make me laugh I think that's I I think it was episode 50 chapter 49 but Yep. Chapter 49, thanks, yeah. Sorry, I knew I was going to get that wrong. Oh, uh, yeah, that uh, made me sorry. laugh when you told me about that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a really nice email from Kathy in Germany, uh, who uh, said we were uh, entertaining her while she was painting and doing dishes and uh, cleaning the house. So uh, that is, as we've said before, that is our core demographic, people who are cleaning the house. Yes, it is. That we're is, moving that houses. That is the time. Lewis was moving houses. Moving houses, houses. that's true, yeah, that's true. Um and Kathy is the one who gave us the green light to use the word interesting. That's so, right. So yeah. it's back. Yeah. It's back. We're saying it as often as we want. All right. All right. So uh, let's bring this to an end. Could the stable boy be right? Is Ned, in fact, dead? Is, is the stable boy um, the Aaron stable boy? Oh, no. He was a pot boy, wasn't he? He wasn't a stable boy. No, wasn't he elevated to stable boy? What happened to that Aaron kid? Yeah, that's right. I, it could have been that kid. That's <laughs> him. It's all coming together. Arya is silencing him because she knows that he knows the secret. Yeah, well, if if Ned is in fact dead, then Arya really might just be out here out in the wind, you know? Like, who's, yeah, yeah. who's watching after this nine-year-old if, until she, if she gets captured, when well, you know, that'll be a whole nother ball of wax, but... Yeah, but... But I mean, obviously, we don't know what's happening to Sansa yet. But uh, I've got to say, if 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 one of them was to be like abandoned in the middle of the South, with you know three thousand miles to walk home, I would bet on Arya to make it over Sansa. Absolutely, she's she seems quite a bit um, scrappier and more resourceful than Sansa. Yeah. Sansa would have been caught the minute those gold cloaks came in, like you pointed out. She would have jumped in front of them and said, "Please, I need your help." They'd be like, oh, well, that was easy. (laughs) Who are you exactly? You're Sansa Stark, you say? Okay. Okay. Let me just check my my instructions. Yes, I've got something I'm supposed to do with you. Yeah. Uh, Should Sirio have run with Arya to protect her? I get why he didn't. I I get he was defending her in his mind. I mean, obviously, he was defending her with possibly his life. But maybe the better long-term plan would have been to outrun the heavily armored and slowed down Sir Marin Trant, and maybe they yeah, could have escaped um, together. I, yeah, I actually, I think, I think, yeah, I think he should have done. Now, I, I hadn't thought about it. You totally brought this up, but he absolutely, especially once he knocked the first, the first five out, because they might have been able to catch them. But I don't think Marin Trant can catch. Let's assume Arya is the slower of the two. I don't think Marin Trant can catch them. Right, I agree. So is all this Ned's inflexibility and rigidity in his decision-making coming home to roost? That's another thing I wondered uh, yeah. while I was reading this. No, yeah, it is. 
<laughs> you don't have to wonder. That one's a, that one's an absolute given. Remember, remember when he didn't have to tell Cersei any of this? Right. In doing so, when he told Cersei, because he feared for the lives of her kids, he put his own kids in jeopardy. So, yeah, huh. yeah. It, we we said it at the time. We said it at the time, and it wasn't a spoiler. It was just an obvious observation. Yeah. That if you threaten someone who is a murderous and nasty piece of work, you are, and especially you threaten their kids. Right. You are risking your own kids' lives. Yeah. And Renly's plan might have possibly avoided all this. If, if he had acted then, while Robert was still clinging to life and Joff had no authority yet, he could have gotten the kids and Cersei probably likely would have fallen in line until she had any kind of leverage back on her end. Yeah. Yeah, these missed opportunities. If Littlefinger was conspiring against him from the very beginning, it's possible Cersei might have found out in enough time to to end up in the same situation regardless. So, yeah, definitely true. But again, I think I think we genuinely disagree on that because I really do think Littlefinger was not conspiring from the get-go. I think he was he not conspiring against Ned. I think he was conspiring. Yeah. Conspiring to make trouble. Right. But I think he was he was willing to go with the, whichever. That that's my opinion on that one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that makes makes a lot of sense. That was um, that was a discussion we had. Ned, in yeah. Ned fourteen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the moment, our little nine year old Arya is alone and running scared in the dungeons of the Red Keep. Now, what happens if she makes it out of the Red Keep? Then what? I mean, she is a badass, but. Can she make it all the way? She's a nine-year-old yeah. badass. Yeah. <laughs> she make it all the way. She, she, if she can make it to River Run, you know, she could be safe. She doesn't have to get all the way to Winterfell. If she makes it to River Run, you know, she's got family in River Run. I wouldn't advise going we, to the Erie. I'll say that much. We have close friends who live like three doors down from us, and if something terrible happened to me and Carson, I'm not sure my 16-year-old could make it to there. <laughs> so. <laughs> we're asking a lot of our yes absolutely saying. we are all right. all right so as always you can reach us at coast.harrenhall at gmail.com and if you reach us at that address with a screen capture of your positive review well actually i guess we don't have any rules on that but it'd be nice if it was positive it would uh you will be entered into the drawing for the john snow funko pop which is really cool you can also follow us on twitter at ghost.harrenhall at ghost harrenhall sorry facebook instagram and youtube All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.